Hello and welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today, pow, we talk to Dave Pow Tabane, who is the first person in Australia to come out with a 30-day challenge in the gym industry. This gentleman is a three-time world kettlebell lifting champion, and he holds a one world record for pistol squats. And if you've ever done a pistol squat, you know how hard that is. And he's also the author of Unleash the Hero Within. Now, I've known Dave for a little bit of time now. He's been actually one of my clients, and I've known him for about 11 years. So we're going to dive deep into how he transforms people's physical and mental health in less than 30 days, Okay, which is basically like the biggest loser on steroids. In the 30-day challenge, he talks about how anyone can do it, but he talks about how he helps and empowers people to find their thirst for life again, and how accountability through herds is the key when it comes to achieving your health and your wellness goals. So for those of you who are looking for a little bit of a G-up around your health, around your fitness, around your nutrition, this is going to be one you want to listen to. Dave Powell to Bain. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Nail It and Scale It, the world's leading fast growth program for businesses. If you have ever wanted to grow your business faster than what you can right now, if you need to make more revenue, if you need more leads, if you need more clients, if you need to know how to plan your business in a strategic way in order to hit big goals, if you need to learn how to scale your business and grow your team and your business so that you have more freedom, then this program is for you. Imagine three days immersed with me where we cover all aspects of business, but we do it from an immersive, but also an execution standpoint. We execute every step of the way and we're looking at five key areas we're looking at your psychology we're looking at your marketing your sales your leadership and we're looking at your planning and how we integrate these five key areas to grow your business and your brand quickly so if you'd like to find out more information kerwinray.com ladies and gentlemen it is an absolute pleasure to welcome to the studio dave pow to bain Hey, you came in. How you doing, I'm man? I'm good, man. I'm pretty sure I just freaked the fuck out of the sound, dude. <laughs> yeah, he just almost, he almost fell off his chair. Um, now, before I get you to introduce who you are, I'm going to tell people what you almost did. Um, you know, most people would probably know of a guy called Michael Gerber. Um, he's considered by Inc. Magazine to be the number one small business guru in the world. Uh, he's sold more ebook. What's it called? The E-Myth books and any other book in the living history. I think it sold more than the Bible. That's a joke. Um and when we introduced you to him in Maui, um, yeah. you almost gave the guy a fucking heart attack <laughs> on stage when you introduced him to Dave Pow to Bane. Pow. Again. Sorry, guys. This I, guys in the studio are freaking out again. Uh, so, mate, for those of you who don't know who you are, who is Dave Pow to Bane? Uh, mate, uh, Dave Pow to Bane is uh, it's me. That's 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 who I am. And uh, mate, I'm just a guy that's out there. Uh, like my whole sort of tagline is just helping the good guys win. I'm out there helping people. Uh, just in life sort of thing, like uh, achieve the absolute best. And I've got this program called the 30 Day Challenge. It's one of the things I do. Yeah. And uh, man, just helping people just be empowered, you could say. Like that's the... That's that's kind of cool. Just of things. Every man and their dog has a challenge today. Like there's a seven day challenge, there's an eight day, ch- a twenty eight day challenge, a thirty day challenge, the eight week challenge. But you were the original. You were the first guy to come out with the original thirty day challenge. Is that right? Yeah, in the gym industry, like in, like you know, there's probably a million different uh, industries that can have challenges so forth. Yep. forth. But in Australia, yeah, the thirty day challenge, the program that I run, is the original one. Um, and yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's kind of my name for herself. So and so, we know you was the challenge guy. I, I feel very privileged. I've known you for quite a number of years now. Shit, I was trying to think when you were telling me the story when we were talking. It's been how long have I known you now? It's like, man, uh, gosh, nine years. Nine years. Nine years. When I did your, uh, heard you speak and Tony one of events Toby Robbins was at. Yeah. And uh, you spoke and you were one of the the 
the ones that we connected with the most out of all the speakers there and, and you swore a lot so that connected with me so uh yeah man that's where that's where it all sort of started and we did the five-day business mastery which is which is just like an yeah, absolute game changer for me in life yeah right and then you did power to create as well yes so you're known as a challenge guy um you started telling me the story and, and I was getting really excited, but we weren't on air yet. How did the challenge come about? So you do this 30-day challenge. You've run it all over the world yep. whereby you transform people's physical health, in some cases their you know, their, their mental health and you know their nutritional health in 30 days. And some of the results that you've created have been phenomenal. Like you're almost like the biggest loser on steroids. You really <laughs> are. How did the challenge come about? Dude, uh, look... You know, it all sort of started like, um, uh, like gro- growing up in a little small town called Yenko and Leeton. I saw a lot of people go through life and they struggle. You know, they struggle in in mindset wise, nutritionally wise, physically, and I saw these sort of things. So I sort of predicted if I continue that kind of mindset and mentality and living living standards, you could say, is the my future wasn't looking very bright. And so, um. In that little town, I was introduced to the kettlebell by my high school teacher, Mark Elliott, who took me under his wing when a lot of teachers were trying to kick me out of school and um, introduced me to kettlebell and I saw that and that was my first kind of vehicle of something where I could actually uh, um, not only better myself and it wasn't attached to like bicep curling and mirrors and, you know, the whole at the time was bodybuilding and marathon running, but it was a way for me to, um, way for me to, to, like, it's my first kind of self-improvement on a physical level. And then I saw the, uh, I actually uh, annoyed my sister until she came and trained with me, uh, my sister Jenny, and she came and trained and I saw her develop um, from training, but the mindset she got from it, the confidence she got from it, her body shape changed, she lost some weight and got a whole new lease on life in regards to confidence. I saw that transform her and that's what I fell in love with. And so the whole 30-day challenge, I've figured out that, you know, if you can stick to something for 30 days and start to break those habits and implement into your life, the the that's like the 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 start mm. and so i really love to see people get that thirst for life and that hunger to actually improve themselves and that's where the 30 day the 30 day challenge come about um and that's kind of like the the raw kind of start of it um and you know it all comes from seeing my sister transform and i want to replicate that and that's, that's what beautiful. i fell in love with and one of the things i love about because we've had you we had you run i think the, the biggest 30-day challenge that you've run so far for our k2 elites is that yeah right? yeah one we of the beasts yeah there, sure. we had about 180 200 people in a room um and one of the things i loved about the challenge that you set for everyone is you made it real it's very it's not only very practical but anyone can do it, yep. you know, especially when you talk about the mobility and the exercises. So from what you've observed, what is it that makes the 30-day challenge so potent? Why do you get the results that you do? Well, the, the big part of it is it's simple. And uh, the, the more complex something is, the, least someone, the less chance that someone's going to do it. Yep. And so in today's life where we've got more and more information, we're more and more... Uh, things that require our time and that is we need like i need to make sure like a, a real crucial part of it is it's simple and it complements the life rather than complicates yeah because this thing you know it's, it's actually and i tell people in the seminar it's not really a 30-day challenge it's a full life challenge yeah now uh when i if i marketed it as the full life challenge everyone's gone <laughs> fuck that you know my life's already challenging enough i don't need any more challenges so it's just giving people a taste of what they can um, really step up to the plate and see what they can achieve for themselves in 30 days. Give them, like, it's basically a test run of like, hey, this is how you can live. This is how you can be. This is how you can feel. Mm. And then it's up to you now because I've empowered you to be conscious about what you eat, think, and do and understanding your environment and then understanding uh, outside of that is the choices you make really uh, and the decisions you make really um, 
make the most powerful impact on your life. So just giving people that small window of opportunity can uh, lead them down a, a like a, or lead them up into like you know who they're uh, you know into their best self, and that's kind of what it's about. It's just being the best version of you. Yeah, no kidding. Um, listen, you've just got back. You literally just got back this morning from Greece. Yeah, man, we have we have a bit of a uh, history. Like last I know, time right? I spoke, it was back Italy? from Italy. Yeah, I flew you back from Italy. Yeah, and then and now this time I flew you back from Greece. So you've just come back from the World Championships. Yeah, in uh, in Lutraki. And what happened? Uh, world Championships over there, the IGSF, uh, IGSF World Titles, and um, yeah, I won it. First place. World Champion. So, <laughs> not only now are you World Champion, but how many world records do you hold as well? Uh, oh, now it's two-time World Champion, 2012, 2015, yeah. one world uh, record for pistol squats, Yeah, and then uh, seven American and um, 11 Australian now. Uh, titles. Titles. Yeah, straight. Right. So you haven't really won that much. If we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're really, we're really honest. That's, hey, well, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. You've got to say, and I've got to, and the reason I brought that in to this conversation now is one of the things I love about you is, um, you know, you, the way you live is a lifestyle. You know, you don't live an event based. You don't live on an event based psychology. You know, you're not, you know, living for the weekend so that you can, you know, change your habits. So you're very consistent, and I, I fucking love consistency. But I, I also love the practicality of the 30-day challenge whereby you're not asking people to make drastic changes. You know, you're asking people just to become more conscious and more aware of the things that they do every day yes. and the way that they live every day so that what they do becomes a way of life. 100%. So I love what you say. Like it is a 30-day challenge, but essentially all you're doing is you're showing them a different way of life. Why is it that so many people struggle to make good health and fitness a way of life. Well, check this out. There's two things there. First thing I was addressing is the word struggle. So if we start to use that type of language in ourselves, it's already defeated. And so struggle and a challenge is exactly the same thing. But for struggle, A, you, you, you're defeated. I and guess from a marketing perspective, the 30-day struggle probably doesn't matter. No, it well. sucks, right? It sucks. <laughs> but, uh, but in saying that is, um, you know, defeated, you become the victim. Where I like to become the victor of your struggles or your challenges. But that's where the whole point of it is reframing it as a challenge. And with a challenge, it's made up of problems. And with problems, you need to come up with solutions to come to get around them. So a lot of people get caught in this thinking where they kind of like a downward spiral of like struggle, 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 poor me poor me poor me where really it's like hey there's fucking lots of things that are, that are hard in life let's just have a look look at it all across the board as problems and with problems we need solutions so teaching them a whole different way to face their problems in life and their challenges in life uh, and applying that strategy it gives people that empowerment that hey like fuck this is just another problem and I've got to come up for a solution because the only way to get around that problem is solutions and so I call a solution-based mindset and so once you start to empower somewhere like that, it changes the game big time, like as simple as it is. If we start seeing it, what's, this is a problem, what's the solution? And then start focusing your energy on that is you'll actually come up with more solutions and you'll become uh, a lot savvier yeah. with your solutions and strategies. Now, uh, the second part of the question, I forgot now what you, you're saying, but... Um, that's the, the main big part. And what was it? Can you remember? What uh, was, why do people struggle to, to make this a way of life? Why do so many people treat health and fitness like a fucking event? Mm. Look, I think... That and what I mean by that is, you know, it's it's much like a relationship. It's much like a business. It's much like any, our health. Most people don't do 
diddly squat until there's a problem. Yeah. Most people don't do anything about their relationship till their partner's talking about leaving them. Most people don't do something about their business until the bank's foreclosing on their home. Yeah. You know, most people really don't fundamentally do anything about their their health until you know they go to the doctor and they get told that they're you know that they're heading towards you know heart attack, heart attack or, or, crazy, yeah. or whatever. But I'm just curious with your experience because you know been doing this for 11 years now, over a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been able to understand a little bit about the human psyche and the psychology around why people wait. This is what I say about it is um, in life, if you wait for, if you sit there and wait for anything, business, relationships, whatever, you don't set your own time frame and your own deadlines and so forth. If you don't set them, life will set them for you. And when life is setting them for you, you're not going to like it. Mm. When someone else sets the deadline for you, you're not going to like it. So I like to say, okay, I'm going to need to enforce the environment on myself that, that if this does not change, you know, uh, even if it's a good environment, I set my own deadlines. Like if this is going to be taken away from me tomorrow, what do I need to do in these next 30 days? And I've sort of just seen that a lot of people who, or some of the greatest people that I've seen and, and, and studied is they set their own deadline. They didn't wait for someone else to set it. And, you know, I've been in that position where life has set the deadline for me and people have set the deadline for me and I fucking hate it. Mm. And so I just kind of come around for that if I don't set their own deadlines that, you know, someone else is going to do it or life is going to do it and I'm not going to like it. And at that point there is, um, yeah, just uh, the positions that I want to stay away from. Mm. Um, I think you probably even taught me that when I was coming to the, your five-day business thing is like, you know, setting out your plan and, and uh, following through it and actually having that plan out there. if Because if you don't do it, who's going to do it for you? Like no one's going to write your book. No one's going to do your challenge for you. No one's going to do the speech you need to do. No one's going to go to the job that you need to do and perform at. And so just rising to the occasion and, and setting that standing yourself. But it comes back to the question, why do we wait? And I think as humans, we kind of potentially like take all the best things for granted. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, that... Uh, what do you call it? Jordan Belford. He talks about his, um, he said, how did you get so crazy in regards to his lifestyle he's living? He's like, you know, it's kind of like taking a hot bath. You know, you put your toe in there, you take it out, you put your foot in there, you take it out. Next minute you submerge and you think it's great. And I think a lot of people can easily just with our culture is, you know, like drinking or leaving, partying on weekends and all this kind of stuff is, uh, people can think that that's, that's the way to success or, mm. you know, that's just life. But if you actually play that game, your health, your health pays for it, your bank account pays for it, and potentially to your relationships in that sense. Yeah, it's funny. We've had a, we had a, a sleep expert in here earlier and we we're talking about how so many entrepreneurs, you know, spend so much of their life and their health trying to make money, mm. you know, and then they spend the last, half, the last portion of their life, you know, spending all their money trying to get their health back. Mm. Uh, and it's almost like we have our priorities out of whack. But what I find even more interesting as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, as someone who I consider to be a professional entrepreneur, uh, if there is such a thing, but I really, I really can't help but wonder why more people don't see the link between energy and output you know when we are in business our value is based on how much work we can output and what we can do what we can produce the return that we get for the time and the resources that we have but what i've found interesting is the healthier we are the more energy we have the more energy we have okay and also the more clear clear we think and the more better we deal with stress the better we perform the more you know the sharper we are the faster we respond the better decisions we make but more importantly the more fucking energy we have yeah. you know and that's you know one of the things that i promise myself on is i know i can outwork almost any motherfucker around me yeah. because my energy is so high because my nutrition is so you know so tightly wound in but what i don't understand is why don't more people see the value in in energy 
Well, at the same time, a lot of people are governing their energy by the people they surround themselves with. So a big part of the challenge is you're a product of the five people mm. you hang around, right? And so the first thing that I see and I talk about in the challenges, first rule of challenges, don't talk about the challenges. First rule of challenges, <laughs> fucking fight club. Because the moment you go and tell people about what you're doing yeah. is A, you're going to bring up the, the things that they're not doing. And one-on-one, you might be able to get away with it. But when there's more of them and less of you mm. and you have a different value and different belief and you know, you're know you going to do something, uh, you're going to exercise yourself in the group. And you know what I learned from you many years ago is you know we're pack animals, so we're going to do whatever it takes to fit into the herd. Mm. A lot of people don't realize their herd's fucking killing them. Mm. Uh, you know, Killing in the way they eat, they, they, they think, they do, their mindset, their, their relationships, everything. And so they're, they're governing by the people around them. And so um, you've either got people around you that are helping you or they're hindering you. And um, and you're also surrounded by victors or victims, you know. There's uh, and I also have another saying. He's like, you got to choose to get better, not bitter. Okay. And so a lot of people. Um, you're like a fucking walking bumper sticker, mate. Well, you should see. I've got a new book coming out. It's called the uh, Find Your Power. Right. Um, find your power. Find your power. Oh, so I it's love just it, these Dave. Little, little little tiny switches Powerism. on your mindset. Yeah. So yeah. tiny little. Uh, you know, how do you get the, Well, it's yeah. interesting. When you look at the success of the 30-day challenge, and I've seen it every time you run it, like the success is incredible. Um, do you think some of that comes down to the fact that you're doing it in a community environment? Like you're not just doing it individually. You're not doing this one-on-one. Yeah. You're getting groups of people together. You're engaging them in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a community, in a Facebook group, and yes. you're enrolling. How much of an impact do you think that plays? How well, much of a role? Check this out. What I noticed when I first started doing it is the reason why I did it as a group is I found it in my gym. I was teaching all this stuff every day for free. Mm. Every fucking day I was teaching for free. And you'd have some people that would listen, some people sometimes, some people not so much. Um, everyone wanted to be their best, but a lot of people, you know, it would really break my heart in that sense when someone who I was giving all the right advice to would then come back and complain and, oh, you know, I'm not getting this, not getting that. And I know that they're not taking the action. I go, well, fuck, you know, I've been telling you stuff. There's nothing more that I can do. So it wasn't until I put it into a product that... And that's the, the crazy thing is information stays information until you actually put it in a product and people pay for it because then it becomes transformation. I think you taught me that. And um, and so when I started to do that and people started to buy into it and invest into it, they actually like invested in me, but really they're investing in themselves and that's what they needed to do. And um, how do you say like basically... Uh, yeah, that was a massive transformation like for me in that sense, putting into a product, but... But then bringing the community around it. Cause here's so back to the community yeah. is what I noticed is, especially in Australia, I don't know what's tall, tall poppy syndrome, whatever yeah. it is, is all my people were getting crazy results, awesome results throughout the year, but they were single. They will by themselves. So if they promote on Facebook, it was kind of like big noting. But when I get a pack together and they all rock it, is, and at the end of the challenge, when you've got 100 people all posting on Facebook in a, in a local area, you own Facebook for that week. Mm. And so the power of that is people see that it's okay to succeed. It's okay to spend, uh, like, this is crazy, man. Like, and this, I normally say in a seminar, like, who here in this room got discouraged from coming here tonight? And I, a lot of people put their hands, especially in smaller towns. A lot of people put their hands up. And I say, who was it? And I say, I was like my, my mom or my dad or my cousin or my friend. So how crazy is this? The closer people to us actually bring us down the most. And do you think it's their intention? Mm. And there's no way. But because they're too emotionally involved is they're trying to do the best for you. And most of the time, they've probably seen you go through so many fad diets and all that in the past. They're trying to save you from doing another one of these crazy things. Um, or it's really highlighting the fact that they're not changing and they don't want you to change because then you leave them. 
And make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, surrounding security. So that group community side of things and doing things community is massive. Yes, and it's super smart. And, you know, I, I, I saw this also... I see this just in performance generally. You know, we are a pack animal. We and there's a natural competitiveness there. There's a natural social pressure that comes out. And I, I'm and I know I knew you when I transitioned from my old business model to my new business model with K2. You know, you know that I used to run seven different events, and now we run basically just one event. You know, which is Nail It and Scale It, and then you have K2 Elite. Yep. And what I decided was, I'm only going to work with people in groups now. And because people say, oh, but isn't the value in one on one? And I was like, you know what? But here's what I see: when I work with someone one on one, and they commit to me, they're accountable to me. But when they commit to 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 other people, there's a hundred times more leverage, psychologically speaking, from a social herd and a social pressure perspective than there is one-on-one. And so I'm curious to know from your perspective, because here's what I've observed. In the business environment, when I do, when I work with groups, I get far better results than when I work individually. Do you find the same thing is true when it comes to health performance? Uh, yes, I do. I really, And I prefer working with groups. And I think what happens is um, also uh, is people can actually look at everyone else and also see other people succeed. And that yes. also, so you not only have accountability, you also have a hundred other people that successes empower yep. the person. And so instead of just relying on one, um, you know, you got a hundred or more, or, you know, whatever number it is. And so therefore, um, the energy is so much better. It's like running a group fitness class. Mm. You know, you can vibe for each other. You can really... Um, but it's yeah. so counterintuitive because, you know, and I see this with people go, no, 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 come on, I want... Oh, no, I want one-on-one. Yeah. I want one-on-one. I'm like, Dude, no, you don't get it. If I give you one-on-one, chances are you're not going to get the results that I did it in a group environment. So there's almost like this value... There's like, almost like this value mismatch. People think that there's more value in, you know, in that one-on-one engagement when in reality, there's actually... People should be charging more for group activities, in my opinion. Well, check this out. Um, if they want one-on-one, most likely they want a bitch more. Or they want to hide. How yeah. fucking easy is it to hide when it's just you? Yeah, well, you know? yeah, especially um, when no one's watching. Because then, then also too on the one-on-one is potentially what I find is someone wants to tell their story more. Yeah. Um, and then and then dump the story, and, and most of the time, or sometimes it could be a victim story that just keep getting relayed in. Uh, where in a in a group scenario is they is they can't actually pull that card out as much because it's a group and it's all about bringing the group up, not bringing the group down. You don't want to be a downer in the group, right? Yeah, right. Um, so that's where sometimes I sort of see on the one-on-one, someone might, might want to really play that card and the thing is, is uh, um, you know, you're there to, to bring up, not actually just to play that card. So so how many people have gone through the 30-day challenge now? Probably, like, if I was to put a number, it's, it's uh, well and truly over 5,000. Yeah, right. Um, but... The thing is with this, typically you have the kids and the parent and the father or the mother that also do it as part of that family. Yeah, right. Um, so the the greatest the greater impact of that is is far from way over five thousand. And now actually, uh, I now actually work with influencers in different parts of the world, and I show them the model and teach them how to empower their people. Yeah. Uh, better. So there's a guy called uh, Dave Vitelli Brown Butterby in New Zealand, and we're uh, we're on the front line of beating the uh, like. Dave is literally uh, combating chi- childhood and adult obesity in New Zealand. Um, like literally, you know, a year ago, he was working with no budget, you know, coins in his console of his car. Uh, but this guy has made the biggest impact in, in, in childhood and adult obesity in New Zealand ever to date with no funding. Uh, now he's got some funding and running some stuff in New Zealand. But, um, you know, I work with special people like this to also help them make a bigger impact. Because there's only one of me, but you know, there's mm. lots of special people out there that can 
uh, can implement programs and, and make change with people. So, And yeah. have you tracked to date the amount of kilos that you've lost? No, nah, no. Nah, what nah. a number that would be. Uh, basically, the the average, I, I tracked the first two years and the average was 4.16 kilos. Per person? Yeah. But, you know, the it's the, the kilos and centimeters is, is a byproduct of following the system. So, you've got people that, uh, I call it, um, you got the cause and effect. And so, we work on we work on doing the program and the side effect is the kilos lost, the weight loss. That's not the our consequence. focus. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, it's, it's a hard one because yep. people want that. But I show, like, I literally just show people how to detoxify their life. Um, but it's the same in business, right? People who focus on the money are the ones who make the most mistakes. Exactly. The man. ones who focus on the systems and the yes. processes that, as a natural consequence, produce money. Yes. Are the ones that get through. Yeah, and that's the hard thing because it yeah. can switch. And yeah. you know, so like we, uh, you know, we've all been there in that sense. You know, like I think um, I've been there multiple times. It's like you, you, you do what you love and you, and you rock it and you do, rock the systems and then you, the byproduct of that is money. And then all of a sudden, like something creeps in, and you're like, "Oh, this this money thing's good. If I just had this much more business, I would have this much more money." And wow, you know. And then all of a sudden, money becomes a goal. Mm. And uh, you know, you just got to look at, you know, once that becomes a goal, it's like all of a sudden the service or your quality or your love for it. Like so, me being an example, working in my little gym is I would see that, see my uh, my little gym and one person turning up at the start was like, fuck yeah, you know, and then five people were like, wow, you know, this is incredible. You know, five people, like, this is amazing, you know, like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. And then, you know, then maybe, you, t- you know, you get out to your first little shop and then all of a sudden you got, you got rents to pay and things like that and all of a sudden you start doing figures and then the energy you had for those people then becomes, oh, five, is that it? And the moment that happens, then the energy drops and then the, the vibe drops and then the love for it drops and it becomes a chore. And then uh, that's where a lot, I see a lot of people and that's where now I travel around and work with gyms and I show them how to get out of that sequence and back into the, for the love of it mm. through having better systems and strategies. And different focus. Different focus. Because, you know, it's interesting. You've known me for a long while and you've seen, um, you've seen me balloon up and down. You've seen a few, a few of the roller coasters that I've been on. Uh, and what's interesting, I've had as a yearly goal for the last five, six, seven years, for the last seven years, I've had a yearly goal to get under 90 kilos. And that was, and, but it's interesting, it relates, that was the goal, right? That was the false target. Yeah. And, you know, and every year, at least once a year, I would dip under 90 kilos for at least three or four days, you know, <laughs> at least three or four days. And so there would be these three or four days out of every 12 months where like, you know, I'd high five myself in the kitchen when no one was looking. Yeah. But then all of a sudden my focus changed. My focus changed from, okay, I want to get under 90 kilos to I just want to be healthy. I just want to have loads of energy. I want to have good mobility yeah. and I want to be able to power through my day. You know, so I started focusing on mobility exercises and, and intermittent fasting and you know, dialing my nutrition in. And what I found now is I haven't even focused on my weight and I'm now at 86 kilos. I haven't been 86 kilos since I was fucking 15, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is amazing. Yeah. But what it just proves your point that sometimes we, if, we just, if, the, if we make the goal the thing that creates the outcome, yeah. then the outcome comes easy. But yeah. sometimes when we focus on the outcome, when it's not a process like money, you focus on money, it's innate. There's nothing there. Yeah. How do you get people to focus on the thing rather than the outcome? Uh, so in the in the challenge, I've got a program, I've got a, a formula that I use yep. with the challenge. So you're like your eat, think, and do. And so the food side of things, I teach people how to build a, a perfect week plan, um, which is a really cool thing that just simplifies everything, has people saving time, saving money. Uh, but all they got to do is get that done. Yeah. And so like. That's the eat part, the mindset part as I go through some cool stuff. But I find that when you get the food right and the mindset right, 
is you get clarity and confidence. Mm. And confidence only comes from having clarity. So that's the first step is let's get clear on what we need to do. And then when you get the eat, eating right and the training, you get results. Mm. And then when you get the training right and the, and the, and the, the training and the mindset, is you've got focus. So I show them how to how to implement these strategies into the life. Super simple. Show them how to maximize their environment, and then also the fact that they make the choices. They're already here and they're rocking it. But you can still fuck it up if you yeah. make the wrong choice. But I show them this blueprint, and it's it's kind of you can't fail it in that sense. And then also too, if you fall off, you get back on the wagon. But when I talk for that process, and I show them that this is a way of life. Um, and you know, give them the give them all the tools, and when they walk out of there, I've got people that have struggled for 20, 30, 40 years, even. Mm. Um, and then they walk out a different person, like, and that's that's the fact that's the that's the that's what I got out of doing your seminars at the start, too. Is you know, I literally walked out and then dropped a lot of shit and, and started a lot of really good stuff. So, um, man, back to the question with like, you know, how do you, um, now the question was, how do you get people to do that, right? How do you get how focused? do you get people to focus? How do you get people to focus on the number one thing, which isn't in most cases what they're focusing on? Yeah. How do you get people to focus on the system, not the outcome? And that's the formula because yeah. I have a, a system for it. Right. I've broken it down, and so once you once you show, I show them that and give them simple, actionable steps. Yeah. Is they focus on that? We do the check in and weigh in at the start and at the end. And, you know, I tell them not to get on the scales because the results aren't getting on the scales. The scale yeah. is fucking about two centimeters tall. Stepping on that is isn't is like, fuck all. It's not yeah. a box jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so getting on that is very small yeah. and that's not going to get your results. And, you know, if you look at the, the pattern that people have been doing, they step on the scales, they look down, they don't get to see what they want because they're tied it to a number. And fuck, you're not a number. You're more than that. And you step on the scales and if you're disappointed, you go out there and need a fucking tub of Nutella or chocolate or whatever it is. What fucking system is that? You know, and so many people do this for so long and they govern themselves by that. So, uh, just showing them how to throw that kind of theory out and showing them a new theory. Yeah. And man, like when you see them um, implement it, it's just like the, the proof is in the pudding. And I've seen say. it. It's spectacular. You know, there's not a lot of people to get the results like you do. And again, I always come back to the thing that I love about you is you make it simple, you know, and again, perfect. Eat, think, do. You know, that's a huge part of your... It's really the three parts of the challenge. Do you want to hear the, the tagline that? Yeah. Eat shit, think shit, do shit or become the shit version of yourself. And I guarantee if you know any people that are doing all these steps... Is they're probably talking a lot of shit too. Now, that might even be yourself. So, um, so that's kind of the tagline for that. So... Yeah. And this is one of the things that I learned the hard way, you know, because I, you know, I, I tr- most of my training happened between, you know, 14 and 26 when my metabolism was, was at its best. Uh, and, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have to worry about, you know, probably like you, I didn't ever have to worry what I put in my mouth. I could almost put anything in there as long as I trained hard, yeah. you know, it would be fine. But as I got older, I started to realize, shit, I can't train my way out of a bad diet. Like I, no matter how much training I do, if I'm not putting the right food in my body, ain't nothing happening. And like the situation I'm in right now, I still can't train. Like I've got some injuries and I'm, I'm rehabbing right now. I can't train. So I've been able to actually get myself in the best shape of my life that I have been for the last, you know, 25 years. But I've been able to do that by training in most cases once a fortnight. Yeah. So one of the things that I find really interesting is most people don't know how to eat when it comes to living well and producing energy and, yes. you know, creating a, a, a healthy a healthy lifestyle. Because who's marketing? Who's showing us how to do oh, that? Oh, God. Like, what is? Yeah. So what do you see as the biggest mistake when it comes to what we put in our mouth? Uh, look, a lot of it is, um, look, if I was to say this thing, is anything that we put into our mouth to try and get energy out of our body in a short-term fix is going to let us down long-term. Mm. 
anything that's a quick fix, quick release, quick easy option. It's kind of like having standards, low standards get you low results. And and on a Friday night or Saturday morning when you wake up after a big night is uh, most likely if you've got low standards, you probably wake up with a uh, with a hangover. And, um, and, you know, or, or something worse. I think someone yeah, someone yelled out the other day, um, herpes or <laughs> dirty stuff. But, uh, is, um, yeah, we, is if you, if you use a quick, quick, quick now options, yep. long term, you're going to be let down. Yeah. It's a simple fact. And if you're trying to get your energy and abuse your body through drinking excess coffee, you know, having these, uh, like high sugary kind of foods or your high carb, um, options in that sense that are, you know, the, the, the tastiest things now in a way and, and good food can be tasty um, yeah long term is you're going to pay for it so how, how how do we eat well and one of the things I guess I'll ask is how do we set ourselves up to continue eating well because I know when you do the challenge one of the first things you get people to do is a check this out so yeah. this is where uh, I was about to say it before yeah and so um in regards to the food and success with all this sort of stuff no one's perfect with the challenge I say I'm not not the guy who's going to say you're never going to eat chocolate again never had a bottle of wine or have a kebab at 3am in the gutter that's not me at all but the successful people too aren't perfect and so the way we do the challenge is we only do it two to three times a year after Christmas period in winter and before the party season Okay, we use these periods of time just like an athlete would with competing. They don't mm. train at their peak all year round. And so the main thing is is you may function, you know, eighty to ninety percent of your peak and have events and so forth and you, you know, you live a little what everyone says it and calls it, but the people that have the most success fall don't fall off. They know how to get back on faster. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. So they, so a lot of the people that get the most success in life that I find, especially yep. when it comes to food, is it's they're not that it's not that they're perfect, but they know how to get back on the wagon faster than anyone else. Yeah. So you might have the general yep. person falls off the wagon. Yep. Every fucking day. Yeah. Yep. Right, or just for example, they might be able to stick at something for seven days, and then they fall off for three months. And so for that, they've only got four seven-day cycles out of the year. So seven, forty, twenty—they're only healthy for twenty-eight days of the year. With that, in that sense, they're not going to get results long term. Mm. But if you can teach someone to go-to plan when life's falling off the way, off when life's demanding too much from you, uh, where you know the wheels are falling off and your pressures or stress, if you can teach someone a go-to plan that you don't need to think, and you just go out and do it. And you know that you get success, and that's where I call the, the challenge the golden booklet. So you know what to do when. So you have that choice. You're empowered with that. So you don't you don't get sucked into the fad diets and all this bullshit. And so what happens is when they when people do the 30 day challenge programs, they might uh you know um you know six weeks in or you know after the challenge is completed, they might have a big night and they really feel it and they go holy shit, this is how I used to feel, but now I know a difference because I know what good feels like. A lot of people don't even know what good feels like. And then basically at that point there is then they go, shit, what do I do? And I've taught them, get the book out, go to your shop and you've got the steps there. You've got the plan done. You've made yourself a, uh, you know, you've got a um, an asset which is tailored to your food, your eating, your, uh, your taste buds, everything that you can pull out and go do and it's basically systemized and you get yourself back on track. And so the the best people aren't perfect, but they know how to get back on track faster than anyone else. So that kind of leads us to the next part, you know, eat and then think. Is there a is there a psychology to being fit and healthy? Uh, of, of yeah, well, there's a there's a mentality to it in that sense. You know, um, uh, you know, I I typically say is you got two types of people that face any kind of challenge, you know, whether it's your, a health as a challenge or whatever, and you got Johnny's and you got Donnie's. 
and Johnny's are the typical people that are complain about everything and you know like typically say the Johnny's are the first world uh, problem people where you know everything that's in the all first world problems you know uh, rock their boat in that sense and then you got Donnie's and Donnie's a doer and uh, so I say Johnny's a jackass and Johnny's a doer Donnie gets it done yep. and if you want to get successful you got to be a Donnie you got to be and you got to you got to get things done you got to do the work and you got to have uh, how do you say face your challenges with an attitude uh, where I normally say is you know you can either be a victim or a victor mm-hmm. of your challenges your struggles and all that kind of stuff um, so the yeah mentality is is you just got to have a thirst for life. And, you know, I, I typically say is, you know, if, if you wait for motivation, um, you're going to get nowhere. How do you develop someone's psychology to a level where they can stick at something like this for 30 days? That's, that's where I come to my seminar and you'll find out. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting yeah. cause, and I agree. I think absolutely everyone should go to your seminar to yeah. find out. But to give people a little bit of an insight into what I've yeah. observed is one of the fastest way to change someone's psychology is to surround them with people who have stronger psychologies than theirs. Yeah. Um, and again, that's coming back to that whole community angle. Yeah. And have you noticed that, you know, when you get groups of people together, there's almost like this um, osmosis whereby, you know, whether it be good, like positivity or negativity, like yes. it, it's, it, it spreads? Yeah, well, like, it's uh, interesting. You're, 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 uh, this is a, a good point that you probably brought up more to my attention than I probably realized in the past. But um yeah, bringing people together and getting that sort of stuff is a, is a huge part. Um, you know, another crazy thing is um, letting people when people buy the program, get into it, is they get into a mindset that is that they're um, they're open to change, and that's a big part as well. So when they're open to change, they made the choice, and then when they're in the environment with other people like minded with them, um, that's huge. They're two of the biggest tick boxes you could say. So if you just make the choice. You're already, you're already a big step of the way there and or that you want to change. And then the second one is surrounding yourself with the people. That's a huge thing. And then the rest is is basically your uh, you know, your, your secret sauce. You know, eat, think, do, or it might be a track, convert, deliver in a business side of things. And um, yeah, I guess that's uh, I'm sort of going off on a bit of a tangent now. But in regards to the mindset, that's... Um, it's just such an important component. And again, one of the things that I see when you do what you do is the way that you incorporate psychology, um, you know, from stage, the way that you talk about mindset and the way that you use metaphors. And I just see that as such an important part. Um, but I'm curious also how that how you transfer that, because, you know, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is how do you how do you change someone's perspective so that you change their behaviors so that they change their life? Mm. Yeah, I just get people... Uh get real on their situation in that sense and you know I share a lot of um, my own experiences and with with myself my family yep. um, and people I work with and and a lot of them is really relatable to other people who go holy shit you know we you know like I, when you say talk about motive like you know how do you get that mindset it's like fuck we only got one life anyway mm. like uh, that we know of that we yep. can tell right now and so um you know at that point is um, just having people be aware of that. They go, holy shit, you know, what am I doing wasting fucking my choice and my chances? And so that's that's kind of another part of the mentality side of things. But um, showing people not to wait for motivation is another huge part. And I normally mm. say, fuck motivation, get desperate. Yep. And not desperate and dumb like your friends get the pub on a Friday night, but desperate, smart enough to do what it takes. Yep. Uh, not one day, one month, one week, but until you fucking get it works. You know, we have this mentality, just say if you've got kids and they're growing up and they learn to walk. 
you know, you watch them fall over 200 times and you cheer them on every single time. But for yourself, you give yourself one fucking chance and then you give up. Yeah, right. Yeah, fuck that. So yeah. we have that attitude. We're just not applying it. We mm. apply it for someone else, but not for ourselves. So to show people, if you wouldn't fucking give up on your kid, what would you give up on yourself? Mm. Especially when it comes to your health, nutrition, your mindset is A, you can't live without food. So let's fucking master it. So it's not bloody uh, holding you back for life and struggling on it. That just sucks. You know, it's, uh, you know, you, you eat to live rather than live to eat. So many people have got these things around the wrong way. So um, just uh, the big part of it is just showing people that they already have and they already are enough to get the success they mm. want. They just need a few little tweaks. So do, eat, think, do. Do most people do too much or do too little? And is there, are there some myths around how much we need to do in order to become fit, lean, healthy? Look, being yes. Look, being healthy. Um, being healthy is look. I typically say is like the whole point of being in the gym is so you get a better life outside the gym. So mm. you're not just living in the gym because like in the 1950s, gyms didn't even fucking exist. Yeah. So. And it's funny that you should say that, and I don't mean to cut you off because I don't want to ruin your, your thread. But it's interesting because most people are trying to. Most people are punishing the body that they hate rather than creating the body that they love. And that's yes. a quote from one of my our K2s, Jack Zuvalek. But what's interesting about that is, and you nailed it, you know, we go to the gym so that we can live a better life out of the gym. Yes. But when I think about most of the time I spend in the gym, I used to punish myself so badly that I'd be hobbling around in life. Yes. You know, and yeah, I'd have great muscle tone and, and maybe mass, but oh man, you know, getting up out of a chair or, you know, getting up out of bed, it was, you know, it was really quite difficult. But Chase, you got to remember that back then, the goal that you were chasing, and correct me if I was wrong, was in bodybuilding. Yeah. So your outlook was very much external. Now you're an internal. Well, even two years ago, like even yeah. two years when I was training, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get back in the gym and push everything around. You know, I'd be hobbling around. But, you know, as long as like, oh, yeah, I can see a little bit of lift and, yeah, I can see a little bit of bit of size coming on. It didn't matter. It was like it was a real shift that was required. I think possibly you also fully let go of the old, old training methods potentially. And the old identity, I think. Old identity. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to get back to that for you to be fit. This yeah. is what fitness is to you. This is what health is to you because... Mm. How do you say, like back, you mentioned about when we're youthful. When we're youthful, we take it for granted because we've got it. And it's only until you start to lose it and then you go, holy shit, I don't have the youth anymore. I've got to look after the body I've got. And it's like this pendulum, you know. At the, you know, if you look at young people, they abuse all their opportunities. They've got their youth on their side. They take it for granted rather than utilize it. And that's where, um, you know, I've always tried to... Uh, I've always tried to not abuse that as much as I mm. possibly can and appreciate every single age that I'm at. Um, you know, so how much do we need to be doing? How much do we need to be doing? Not not that much. Like there's a there's, there's a movement called Zoo, yep. which is all about mobility. Yeah, two for Zoo, is it? Uh, no, I, I call it Zoo. Z-U-U, not double O. Right. This guy called Nathan Helberg created it. Uh, he's over in America now. It's phenomenal bodyweight training. Now, um, we call it zoo in two is what we did right. with the K2. So, yep. it's literally bear crawls and yep. frogs. Yep. 30 seconds frogs, 30 seconds bear crawls times two. Gets the whole body mobilized, gets the movement, gets the heart rate up in two bloody minutes. So, anyone who thinks they don't have time, they've got time. They just think that you know the, the time they've been taught that they need to spend in the gym is like 30 minutes to an hour or more and multiple times per week. Just do five minutes. And that's where like, you know, in regards to how much do we need to do, if you just did five minutes of just say burpees um, or, or you did the frogs or like everyone probably listening would know what a burpee is, but like frogs or bear crawls, you just did five minutes of that every day is that's a, that's a really, really good start. Super, super good start. It's getting the whole body moving. So in regards to training, you just need to move. Mm. Um, you got to think about too, the first thing that underpins everything or the, the foundation is movement before weights. 
Because if you're applying weights to a body that has no mobility or, or can't move correctly, is you're just loading up a structure that's going to fall apart. Yeah, right. That's why so many people have all these injuries when they're mm. you know just potentially from uh, beating themselves up for isolation exercise. They just did disconnect the whole body. Is there a way that we can hack this process to make it happen quicker, or is that just or is that question alone just riddled with you know potential? consequence that we're not looking for uh look in regards to the the zoo movement like the cool thing about zoo like in regards to training mm-hmm. is the movements like are so uh, dynamic across the body is you only need a couple of moves and you've covered your whole body so if you do 5 10 15 minutes or even two minutes like i mentioned before that's your body sorted and then you get your nutrition right you crush that and the food starts you start feeding fueling your body with what it needs the results from that alone is going to be just on another level um, so a lot of people out there are fitness and training trying to actually look good to their friends rather than uh, feel good themselves, you know, and be a part of something. And that's where I think we, you know, we're up in another can of worms. Worms. I think the way of life that we're living in a Westernized society is not is not actually um, how do you say it? it's not actually um, how do you say it? feeding us enough in regards to what we need out of uh, out of our out of our life. So we're trying to get it from other places. How do you say? Uh, I didn't really sum that up right, but I think that nowadays a lot of people go into the gym mm-hmm. and they're getting their social aspect and kicked yep. from it. But yep. you know, we don't have as many traditions or community events anymore, and all these different things. So now the gym is that space. Mm. So a lot of people um, are getting their person like the. So they're going to the gym to get their social needs met, not their actual physical health needs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people say with trainers is we're underpaid psychologists. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people bring their problems to the gyms as well. Yeah. So there's um, the way of life we're living now is, is their personal needs are not being met. Yeah. So they're going to the gym and taking it there, and so I still think that we haven't really haven't worked it out yet. Okay. Sustainability is a big issue for a lot of people. You know, that's why yo-yo dieting is such a, you know, a, a, a common term. What have you learned about sustainability and how can we apply what you've learned in order to use that in a way that we can, you know, really make the results we get last longer than just 30 days? Well, that's that's where when you've got a, um, a really good foundation, because uh, a lot of people go too hard or in their programs, so they might go really restrictive on the reading, really like uh, one, one common thing is I've seen a lot of people try and do the whole calorie restriction um, calorie restriction kind of diet yep. uh, diet and so what I see with that is they restrict their diet they get fixated on calories which is again the wrong thing to get fixated um, now this is applicable if you're doing bodybuilding or if you're into your body shape and you have a really good understanding of the, the basic needs of the body but focusing on the calories a lot of people get fixated on them and if they don't have the correct, the correct knowledge is what they ever do is they, they get so fixated on it that they end up. Um, it doesn't suit supplement their life. Oh, suit their life long term. So then they blow out and go the opposite way and just eat everything. Or you'll see a, a common trend that's happening these days is uh, flexible dieting. Um, now, flexible diet, I totally agree on if you're educated with it. But a lot of people, the way it's sold to people is you can eat donuts and have apps. 
Um, so I know the marketing ploy that's happening there. So what actually happens is some people get out there, their first sort of step on cleaning up their diet or you know trying to get their fit or abs and that is flexible dining all the way. It's been sold to them. They'll eat the donuts in 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 you know within their macros or within their calories. But what happens then is slowly over time when you eat these foods, you actually build up addictions to them and they're very easy to overeat. Mm. So the moment your goal comes a little bit hazy or your focus drops, is you then start overeating and all the shit food you had. Now, when you had the calorie restrictions in that sense that worked for you, um, I wouldn't say it's healthy in that sense if you're eating all those foods anyway, but then you can easily just blow out. Um, and so, yeah, so look, I think it's a lot of people um, just don't have a solid foundation of their food. So, Intermittent fasting, it's something that's, um, you know, making, uh, uh, it's making a name for itself. I've been fasting since 2000, seven to 10 days twice a year. Uh, that was actually responsible for a lot of my, you know, yo-yoing in, in, from my weight. Yeah, February last year, I started intermittent fasting. I started with the um, the 816 and now most, you know, every week I'll maybe eat three days a week, I'll eat twice a day, two days a week, I'll eat once a day and maybe once a week, I won't eat for 24 hours. Um, and what I found incredible is not only do I have more energy than I've ever had before, not only do I have better mental clarity, better memory, um, you know, there are so many benefits. Um, I, I don't, there are so many benefits that I can't understand why this isn't more mainstream. But I'm curious to know your perspective and what your experience has been with intermittent fasting within a challenge environment. Well, well yeah, intermittent fasting worked really well for your challenge. So we did just Shannon Brenton come on and yep. talked about intermittent fasting and explain the benefits and how to do it correctly and all that. Because, you know, a lot of people are actually intermittent fasting in a way, but when... This is what I typically see. A lot, of, a lot of people out there are uh, over, over, over consuming caffeine. Yep. So they're, you know, they're hunger suppressant. They're not eating enough calorie wise. So then the first thing they want to go to is really calorie dense foods, and they're eat, overeating a lot of junk food or chocolate or these types of things. And so on the challenge wise, as I get people to do is actually reinstall health, like basically, um, you know, three meals a day in that sense. And then if they, if they're more advanced, they can do intermittent fasting like your crew did. Um, but what I do is get them to reinstall eating enough food for their day. And yep. then, then once they can switch to intermittent fasting, they got that sorted. But I think uh, if you look at it, really, why is intermittent fasting even bigger? Is because what cafes can fucking sell that? <laughs> what food? Because like, we're getting marketing with food yeah. from, you know, from businesses. What business is really going to say, hey, try my fucking intermittent fasting food. Just come Eat to less. my cafe once a week yeah. or once a day. Who's going to do that? Because they're going to say, oh, you got to have breakfast with us, you got to have lunch at first, or you got to have dinner. So we're in, in regards to a, a food, it, the way food is marketed to us is from mm. businesses that sell fucking more than one meal. I honestly believe intermittent fasting is going to be only become bigger for a range of reasons. One of them is, you know, as a society, we're, we're so much more time, time constrained now. We've got less time. And I find, you know, by removing one meal, I get an extra hour and a half back in the morning every day. If I remove two meals, I'm getting an extra three hours back every day. Uh, and that, But I'm also getting much more energy. And from a business perspective, that's exactly what we want. We want time. We want energy. From a, from a relationship perspective, what do we need? We want time. We want energy. You know, when it comes to pursuing the things that we love in life, what do we need? We need time and we need energy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, and maybe maybe it's a fucking pipe dream, but I honestly <laughs> believe that it's un, it's going to become you know an incredibly you know powerful way of living just because it's efficient. Yeah. Well, check this out. Is that a lot of time when we have another partner, is what? How do we connect? 
food over fucking yeah. food so therefore there's the the one battle there it's happening mm. is you smash intermittent fasting yourself but as soon as you've got a partner in there they're not intermittent fasting they're like what the fuck are you eating yeah so then it becomes in the pack animal sort of thing yeah there. true so unless you've got true. a partner that's doing that so yeah. that's that's one little battle there that you, people probably come across in that sense but uh um the time wise side of things and and you know i uh I really hope that anyone who is out there is intermittent fasting is um, eating enough in the time that they are eating. Exactly. That's a huge thing because yep. what actually happens is people go, sweet, you know, like fucking three hours a day I've saved. Yep. Next minute they're... Uh, Anorexic they're, Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not eating enough. They're yep. fainting at work or you just definitely want, don't want that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I find something that balances that out quite well is once a week, I'll just gorge. Gorge. Yeah, yep. it's like a refuel. Yep, refuel. So, that, that comes down to education. Yeah. And so, A, why people in intermittent fasting is they probably don't know about it enough. Yeah. Um, and they're not being educated enough on it. And intermittent fasting, if you think about it, it doesn't it doesn't make the big companies money mm. if you know if we yep. look at it on that scheme. So who's who's going to have the money to market it unless someone's coaching it? Um, so Shannon Brenton, you should be developing a program for this. Yeah, well Shannon was just in here. We oh should, well, yeah, yeah. No, there you go. There we you just go. Killed, we yeah, just did a killer interview on it, which was fantastic. So dude, bloody yeah. So um, supplements for performance. Weight loss, fitness, muscle gain. Like, do you are you more of a naturalist in terms of we should just get what we need from our foods and have basic supplementation? What's your perspective on supplementation? Well, check this out: is uh, supplements is a supplemental to what you're doing. You know what your current your current game. So, uh, working with Shannon, he's opened my eyes to many different things. So the five the five supplements we have on the challenge and what I encourage people to have is get a good probiotic. He's, that's really good for your gut. Get uh, magnesium, you know, so your absorption rate goes up. Cell charge, like Shannon's got. Um, that's a that's a really cool thing. You probably talked about that with Shannon yep. as well. Uh, fish oil um, is a huge one there, and the fifth one is I just put um, uh, L-glutamine, mm. which is just a recovery yep. uh, supplement. You can only have about a gram of it a day. If you get it from food, you get your body produces it, and you can supplement it. So they're the five main. Uh, um, supplements we talk about, but um, uh, man, I'm I'm all, all up for anything that's uh, you know as natural as possible that can also aid aid your uh, aid your health. So they're the, they're the main ones though. Pain, you know, a lot of people think you know the old saying no pain no gain. Uh, a lot of people say sweat is just fat crying, and you got to make that puppy scream. How important is it to induce pain in a workout if you're trying to achieve, you know, a happy, healthy lifestyle? Well, check this out. Is uh, the, the another one for you is no challenge, no change. And so, if you look at the body, it ch- it changes under an environment that forces it to ch- to change. So you got you either adapt or die. That was uh, Mark Elliott who taught me that one back at school and uh, when I was first learning the kettlebell. And you also learn from other people's knowledge and education, or you learn through uh, the the pain yourself of going through it. I normally say you burn to learn as well. So I've got a lot of these little analogies <laughs> yeah, there. You're like a Hallmark card. Yeah, I love yeah that, I've, got a, I've got a book coming out with some stuff that burn to learn. But uh, um, that's where that's where a lot of people are saying aren't making the changes. They're bur- they got to burn to learn. Yeah. And that's you know that's you even learn through education all that. So in regards to the pain side of things, is is you want to be challenged in your workout, but you know, you don't need to go through and, and, and bust yourself up so much that you can't walk every single week. Like, yes, if you yeah. break into a new exercise pattern or a new movement or you challenge yourself in a new way, yeah, you're going to feel it. But if you're just beating yourself up and walking around like a wounded soldier, 
24-7 is, um, you know... But in yeah. a way, it, it's it's hard for especially the young kids coming through to know because we glorify, you know, if you're not vomiting on a legs day, you ain't training, you know. And it's like, you know, the, the hustle economy. You know, if you ain't hustling and only sleeping three hours a day, you, you know, you ain't you ain't serious, pal. And, you know, we're only starting to see some of the consequences of that now. And, and I think, you know, fundamentally there's a real shift required because you know, it was Buddha who says, you know, life is pain, but the suffering part is optional. Yes. You know, we, we can train to a point where there's pain, but we don't have to do it to the point where we actually suffer yeah. uh, and, and as a result of what we do. So, mate, obviously with what you do, you're having a huge impact all over the world, not just on the people that you work with, but also their families as well. You know, we have, um, you know, I think one of the highest rates of obesity in the world in Australia. Is that right? Top three, I think. Top three. You know, America's, you know, I'm pretty sure it's still got... Um, it has the the Big Mac Award for that. But what I'm curious to know is how do we raise happy, healthy, lean, fit kids? Because that seems to be where the issue is. You know, we've got this generation coming through now. How do we how do we increase the likelihood of the next generation coming through? You know, not having the same issues that we have because they call it a, an obesity dep- epidemic. And mm. you know, we're talking about it 40 years from now. Oh, I remember the obesity epidemic. It was horrible. Yeah. It was pork chops and chocolate cake everywhere. It was terrible. Well, I think, look, monkey see, monkey do, so that's mm. where the, the kids are getting educated in that sense. And in today's world, we're brought, up in a, <clears throat> we're brought up in a society where we have access to the best food than ever before in history. Kings and queens didn't have, have our food. But at the same time, too, is with saying that, is we have like the good and evils as well as because on the other side, we've got access to the worst food ever before in history. So what do humans like to do when they got all the choices? They like to make the fucking quick, easy, nasty, bad choice, you could say. And when it's put in front of them, especially at the beginning. So we're in a society now where these last couple of generations have been, you know, the test dummies for all this sort of stuff. And I think the, the, the way I'm combating it or working on it is I'm trying to educate the adults, the people that um, the, the, the kids are looking up to and showing them how to do it. And I encourage their kids to come along as well. And I encourage them that... You know, looking after their kids' health is one of the best things that they can invest in. And um, and that's the way I'm trying to work on that, is working on the people that uh, are teaching the kids. And so um, so that's that's, potential, that's that's one way that, that I'm sort of trying to fix that. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, in, in New Zealand, is uh, Butterbean is... We're making the biggest impact on adult obesity and kids' obesity. And we've got um, basically free or dollar boot camps over in New Zealand happening. And um, Butterbean has a whole team of leaders that goes and, and implements these all over Auckland and different parts of New Zealand as well. And, um, and that's having play, uh, training and we do the zoo there as well. And we have these uh, places that people can come, any shape or size, socioeconomic level, whatever it is, um, can come to and train in a really friendly environment where there's no egos, there's, you know, they don't even use equipment, it's just all bodyweight stuff. And so that's making the biggest impact ever before is having good community people that don't have any um, double, what do you call it, intentions or anything yep. like that. It's literally there to help the people. No agenda. Yeah, no hidden agenda. And um, and that's what uh, Butterbean wish he had and he created that over yeah, there right. now. So that's uh, something I'm supporting in a Mate, big way. Mate, that's so impressive. It's, it's amazing to see how far you've come and I'm excited with where you're going. Yeah. yeah and I've, I've said this for a long time. You are, you know, you're already doing great things, but I see you heading for, you know, for, for much greater things than you've already done. 
last question, mate, before before we wrap up this uh, this great interview. People that we talk to, everyone's got their own take on how do I find the one? How do I find you know the the one percent of the one percent that'll give me that little bit more, so I can become you know that little bit more energetic, productive, stronger, fitter, faster, better mother, better father. In your advice, if you were going to give someone advice to become the, the most super version, if there was one thing that you should do, this is my advice: do this. What would it be? Man, it's a big question. It is a big question. Um, something I'm sort of working on now is is really find the passion in in. Uh, is being like it's a hard one to sum up, but being the best version of yourself in hmm. in um you know, uh that starts with the challenges what you eat, think, and do. If you just get your your food right and you get your training right, you look after your body and you work on your mindset, you surround yourself with good people, is you're setting yourself up for foundation, um, to succeed, and and therefore then your environment. If you can work on your environment, surround yourself with the people, hanging out at the right places. And, um, you know, working on the, your, your thoughts, your belief and your stories and that sort of stuff, your food, your exercise that we talked about, um, they're, they're kind of like the five foundations. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard one to sort of sum up. The main thing is, is, is fucking, you know, you've got to... What's the one thing that you do every day that you'll never stop doing because it's a part of your success routine that you just know that this one thing is just a really important part of your, your you know, the things you do? You mean like in a nutrition wise or anything? Training or? Doesn't matter. It could be anything. Could be on self, psychological, physiological, nutritional. What's the one routine that you just would never give away because of the benefits that it gives you? Probably the first thing that sort of comes to mind when you asked me that question was um, to be uh, grateful for the things mm. you do have. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the one thing I can really encourage people to do is be grateful for the things you do have. Because, uh, you know, you can accumulate more and more in all different things, materialistic and all that sort of stuff. But until you be grateful for what you do have at a core is all these things will be filling a dark hole, like yeah, a filling right. a black hole. So, um, you know, as you, as you, no matter what success you get, no matter what titles you win or whatever you accumulate in a money sense or success is still be grateful for all the minute things, you know, the, the small parts of your life that really are you know if you took them away they're the things that really matter is you know never lose track of that um and therefore you can in a way you never lose yourself as you succeed and as you do these amazing feats or as you do these crazy things is you're still very very much so grounded in what really matters so you don't lose your sense of identity as well as you as you uh, expand and grow and all that kind of stuff. So being grateful for the, the small things make the big things even sweeter. Nice. What a beautiful way to finish. Dave, bow to Bane. <laughs> you're a fucking animal. You are a beast. Thank you so much for being No, I appreciate it, dude. Uh, you know, you've played a massive part in my, my story and how I've come about and doing all your programs and that's basically why I'm even sitting here today. So, so if someone wants to find out more about you, the 30-day challenge, Dave, bow! Bane, where yep. do they go to find out more? They just uh, go on Instagram, Dave Power, Dave Power to Bane on Instagram. I should say properly. <laughs> the sound guys, the sound guys, crazy a little bit, but um, yeah, find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, Dave yep. Power to Bane. Got a um, website? Uh, DavePowerToBane.com.au. Yep. There's a website there, and uh, just jump on there, and you'll you better find me some way, or just search online and. Um, yeah, check him out for those of you who want to get lean fit healthy happy check out Dave Tobane the 30 day challenge the guy's an animal and if you want results check him out when he's coming to a town near you thank you David alright thank you man cheers brother appreciate it nice pow pow <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Nail It and Scale It the world's leading fast growth program for business 
There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, KerwinRay.com. And also check us out on social media, at Kerwin Ray.